You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we are back here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast with our live post-game show. If you're not watching us live on YouTube in the middle of the night after the Raiders' first victory of the season, preseason, then you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform on Friday morning on your way into work. So thank you for doing that. Make sure you subscribe both on YouTube, hit the notifications bell. And also if you're listening to us on audio, do us a favor, subscribe on your favorite platform. Also give us a five-star rating. That would be huge for us. And we certainly appreciate you guys doing that. Okay, Mo, uh, great analysis by Murph there. This is a reason we have him on because he's, he's, he's a great fan. He tells it like it is. Uh, he sees the good, he sees the ugly, but he balances it out, which is which is really great. But let's touch a little bit. I want to build on what we talked about with him and get some more analysis from you, too, on the defense. Um, what did you see? Let's get to some of the positives. What did you see there, especially on the defensive front, uh, with all those injuries that they have? I thought Kendall Vickers was who he is. He played well at times. He had the one sack uh, up front for the Raiders. And then... Um, from the edge, we didn't really see much, but we didn't really expect much there. Malcolm Koontz in the second half towards the end of the game had a couple nice plays. But overall, any of those guys who might be rotational guys stick out a little bit for you? My guy, Darian Butler. I know he didn't make a lot of splash. I was plays, waiting for it. Field, but he had five, I believe he had five tackles, two solo takedowns. Uh, again, no sacks and interceptions, so people aren't going to release. Uh-oh, Mo froze on us. So we're here we are live and Mo freezes on us, but I'm sure he'll be back in a second. Um, but um, we, yeah, it's Rossi, I'm going to pull some comments up here as we wait for Mo to jump back in here. Um, because, you know, when you're live, you just have, when you have internet issues, uh, you just never know what's going to happen. But uh, let's get to some of the comments here. And um, Mo is the minimalist. Oops, sorry. What happened there? We got it. Let's get back on there. There we go. Hello, guys. Sorry, uh, but Mo is the minimalist there, uh, as Rossi says from down under in the late afternoon out there. Uh, Joseph Lewis says Parker has zero play strength. He is garbage. Um, and we got Mo back now after a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, Parker, is he garbage, Mo? Today. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I uh, can't hard to argue against that comment. Uh, Parker obviously struggled. He made Trayvon Walker look like Julius Peppers out there today, and that's not <laughs> a good look. But I will. But in fairness to Parker, he did get a lot of snaps at right tackle during practices, and now he had to play left tackle. So maybe yeah. the switch on the side of the line had a factor into this. So I don't think that dramatically impacts his race at right tackle because again, it's a different position. A lot of people don't understand this. Some tackles are interchangeable. And I know Parker played left tackle in, in college. I know he's he was the Raiders' swing tackle. He's played on both sides of the line. But when you've been practicing on one side and then they ask you to play on another side, that could be a daunting task. But 
I said this on Twitter even before this game. This has this is not an overreaction to what happened to, uh, tonight, but I'm just not comfortable with the Raiders' tackle position. I think they need to call in a guy, even if it's not Daryl Williams, just bring in some veteran insurance. Because if you remember in 2020, the Raiders had Colton Miller and Trent Brown as their starting tackles. Fine, mm-hmm. right? If Trent Brown stays healthy. But they also had Brandon Parker as a swing tackle. They also signed Sam Young, who couldn't stay healthy, but he was better in insurance. Yes. And they also had Denzel Good, who could play right tackle. So they had five guys who can kind of rotate around. To me, the Raiders right now, it's Colton Miller, it's a battle at right tackle, and it's a bunch of backups who may or may not be quality guys to come in and fill in. So I, I think the Raiders are still one tackle short from having a solid offensive line because we saw what it looked like, what it could look like if Colton Miller goes down with an injury. If he's not able to play, it could look pretty bad out there at left tackle. Yeah. What did you think of Dylan Parham the times he was in there? I thought he did pretty well for seeing his first live action. He didn't get a ton of playing time. Uh, Of course, he's not going to be a solution this year. I've had some people comment here on the channel that, oh, he's going to start. No, I don't think that's anything close. But I think to your point, so many positives from tonight. And and, and it's not that we're going to um, um, go to – that next step right away it's going to take time and I think that if you look at the problems with this team because every team has them and the question marks that question mark on the right side of the offensive line I think you see other question marks that will be rectified when people come back from injury but that right tackle spot I just you know Alex Leatherwood had a couple nice moments tonight but again was not overly impressive so so you still have that lingering question your point about them signing somebody We'll see when they look at the film how dire they think it is. If they think it's dire uh, now, they may go out and do it now, or they might wait. Uh, as you said, they have some time here, especially with roster cuts not coming till the 16th. Um, but the rest of that line, I thought, performed well without Colton Miller, especially the left side, Sands, the the, the Parker stuff on on the left uh, left tackle side. Uh, but they they had some nice moments. They protected that pocket for the most part. Yes, there were some sacks, there were some breakdowns on the stunt. Um, which, of course, was another Parker issue, and he got beat on that one. But overall, I thought there were moments where they looked pretty good. But to your point, you're talking about a bunch of backups, uh, and you still have some question marks, so they're going to have to address it there as well. Back to the running backs real quick, Mo. Um, Zamir White. Uh, We talked about Zamir White. I talked with somebody earlier on our show this afternoon before the game that I thought Zamir White, uh, even if he's good, he's going to end up on the practice squad. I think all bets are off. It's only one game. I get it. We got three more weeks to go. But, man, that kid really looked sharp. He found that first run of his right off the bat was impressive. No chance he ends up on the practice squad, by the way. Um, (laughs) What stuck out to me about Zamir White is the fact that he had 17 catches, and I believe three years at Georgia. He had three catches for 23 yards tonight. So it was clear to me that they wanted to get him the ball as a pass catcher and see how he would perform and – a lot of times people dismiss a running back's ability to catch the ball because he didn't do a lot in the college, on a collegiate level. But sometimes the offense just doesn't call for him to, you know, show out in that in that area, in the pass catching area. So I think him catching the football is very encouraging that you can put him in on third downs. If he's a decent pass blocker, you can put him out there on third downs to be able to catch the football, get those screens, get the short passes that you would normally get to Brandon Bolden or Kenyon Drake or Josh Jacobs, as we saw tonight. So Zamir White and, and Josh Jacobs, I tweeted this, they're going to be a pretty good one-two punch if they can both stay healthy. Yeah, and and they dodged a bullet. It looked like Kenyon Drake was injured pretty bad. He went into the sideline and was grabbing his hand. His arm, he eventually his came back, 
Um, didn't look that sharp. Didn't have many carries after that, so so not much to go on there as well. Uh, but overall, I, as as we said earlier today, I just like that running back room because of the depth there and because of those guys. We didn't see Bolden play. He might he might have been in a couple times, and I missed it. Um, wide receiver Tyron Johnson, um, of course, had the the big drop right. Um, which was a little bit of what Chris Collinsworth talked about on the broadcast. He said, hey, um, this has kind of been the M.O. He's got the speed. He's got that vertical threat that you love. He's got moves. He's a good route runner, but he doesn't always finish. Um, And the same can be said uh, for Cole. Uh, When you look at those two guys, one performance, um, but Tyron Johnson certainly, I think, left kind of a memorable performance out there. I'm going to... For context, I'm not comparing Teron Johnson, who aka T Billy. I'm not comparing him to Cliff Branch. Okay. I'm just want to I'm not comparing him to Cliff Branch, but I'm gonna get Cliff Branch in this episode one way or another, since we're honoring him at the Hall of Fame game. So Yes, sir. Cliff Branch, when he first got into the league, he had issues catching the football. His first two years, not much production. Mm-hmm. Uh Dan Pompey, the athletic, wrote about it and he said, you know, Cliff Branch had all the speed in the world, but just couldn't hold on to the football. And it took him three years to kind of catch on. And for a coach staff to use him appropriately so he can take off and be the Hall of Famer that we know him to be today. But I would give Tyron Johnson a chance. Yes, he did have a big drop. I wish he had pulled that in because he would have been a star of tonight's game if he he pulls in that catch for a touchdown. But I think he's still the guy to claim a roster spot because, as I said in the last episode of Silver and Black today, he has the speed that a lot of guys on that roster don't have at the position. And if he could just hold on to the football, he could be a secret weapon in that offense. Yeah. Um, also, I want to get to a question here for you, Mo. This comes from Georgia Patriot, who asks, do you think the Raiders keep five running backs or four? Four running backs plus uh, Jacob Johnson, who's the fullback. Yeah. Um, the top four running backs, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, Brandon Bolton. Those are going to be your four guys. I don't think Amir Abdullah makes it, even though he scored a touchdown and had some nice moments. Game. But I, yeah. I, I just don't think he makes it on the roster, simply because the Raiders – are stacked at the running back position. If Josh Jacobs and Zamir White stay healthy and Drake as well, Brandon Bolden coming over for the Patriots knows the system. I think those mm-hmm. four guys are pretty much safe to make the roster. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Mo, what other what other impressions did you have of of this team uh, overall? We talked about with Murph uh, that focus that you and I have been focusing on uh, the last uh, few shows. Um, but what else stuck out to you about the performance, about the coaching, what you notice about it from the play on the field? Yeah, I had an article on Sports Not just pointing out how the Rays are focusing on details and not beating themselves. And a lot of people, not a lot, but some people saying, well, a lot of teams drill their players on not making mistakes. And how is that different for the Raiders? And you heard, to me, you heard it from the players. I think Colton Miller spoke on it. Teron Harmon spoke on it, that they're really drilling guys on not making mental errors unforced Mm -hmm. errors so i I think that showed on the field of course they did have six penalties but nothing of note that was repetitive that you would worry about i know there was a botch snap in there uh nick mullins and andre jans probably gonna have to run a lap for that at practice but (laughs) other than that i think the raiders were pretty much i know josh McDaniel said they were kind of slapping the first half but i thought they were pretty much sharp overall looking at them as a team the other thing is i think they escaped this game without major injuries we talked about guys that went down vickers drake Human Cole, all those guys were able to pop back up, and it seems like they're all going to be okay. Because, of course, at this point in the offseason, injuries are the big headline. You want your guys to stay healthy. But really quick, 
before my internet shut down, didn't want me to talk about Darian Butler. I'm going to talk <laughs> about him again. Darian Butler was all over the field today, and I think that it does, it's not going to show up in the in the sacks, interceptions, the pass breakups. But he was in on the action. He was active, and that's what yes. you want to see out of a guy who could make the special teams as a as a backup linebacker. That's and I was doing this because it's forks up because he's from Arizona State, uh, where my daughter went. So I'm a, I'm a Sun Devil fan. Um, but th- that's the kind of performance, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's the kind of performance where if you guys out there um, have uh, the NFL Plus now, which it's called, it used to be Game Pass, where you can watch the the All 22, you can watch the film of a game. That's where you would see how well he performed uh, for his first outing because it wasn't stat sheet stuff all the time, right? It wasn't stuff that's going to stick out and get highlighted on television, but he was, I like the fact that he was in the spots, right? Mo, he was in, he was where he was supposed to be, which talks not only to his ability, but also talks to the coaching that they have him understanding the system and he knows where he has to be, even if he doesn't make a play. So to me, that's really important. And that's what these games are for. So really exciting about it. By the way, Kelly says, Hey, Mo Kelly Kreiner, who would you draft at 12 and a half, uh, <laughs> and a half PPR fantasy draft. <laughs> All right. So he's, he's, he's trolling us because he knows it's late here too for us, but, uh, Anyway, but yeah, Mo, I like that one last question. And I commented, I think I tweeted about it during the game, which was um, the play calling. Um, I really liked it. I know. I mean, to me, it was just noticeable uh, the difference. I mean, obviously, the scheme is different with the blocking up front and what they do there. But man, I just felt like Josh McDaniels and and Nick Lombardi uh, seeing it. They weren't giving away too much, clearly, because it's preseason. Plus, they're going to be playing the Jags later in the year. But uh, I I just noticed it. It was crisper. It seemed to be uh, more apropos for the moment, uh, and they really utilized the talent they had uh, to 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 call the right play at the right time. Yeah, they're not going to show everything, but I think Chris Collinsworth did a good job of pointing this out that the Raiders were were not as vanilla as you would think in a, in a hall of fame game. Um, mm. They were, you know, they were throwing some things around out there, not necessarily showing their hand for the regular season, but just giving different looks and getting guys comfortable with the flow of, of the, of the new play calling system. But I want to get back to Alex Ludwood really quick. Cause a lot of people want to know what I thought about his performance. And I told people I have to watch it again because initially Alex yeah. Ludwood looks great because you know, he, his name is not being called. His number's not being called. He's not giving up the big sacks and Parker stinks. So it's kind of covering up what everyone else is doing on that line. But offensive line is one of those positions where you have to watch it more than once. You're not yes. going to get a good read on a player's performance off of one TV watch. You're going to have to watch it again to really get a, a grasp of how well or where where his weaknesses were on, on in tonight's game. But some people did point out that he did get some help. There were people in my mentions who said, well, he got some help on a couple of plays. And that's why he wasn't giving up the sacks. I did see on a, on a few plays, he did lock up some guys. He did clear the way for mm-hmm. Jared Stidham on his touchdown run. So he did have some bright moments as well. So I just want to put that out there because a lot of people have been giving us feedback on our Alex Leatherwood commentary. Some people saying, oh, you're giving up on him too quick. And I was saying, no, not necessarily. I was just saying that Brandon Parker has a shot, legitimate shot to be the right tackle. I know he struggled on the, on the left side, but as I said, he was getting most of his reps on the right side. So I, I still think that position is far from being decided. But I do think overall, with Alex Leatherwood, you kind of look at it as a mixed bag because maybe he did get a little help here and there with a chip on an edge rusher. Maybe he looked a little slow on some parts with his feet. But he also, again, when your name is not called an offensive as an offensive lineman, that's a good, that's a positive. Yeah, and and to me, that offensive line, especially early, 
I thought did an excellent job clearly of run blocking. I thought the pass blocking left yep. more to be desired, but the run blocking stuck out, especially in that first half. I thought they execute, ex executed well, including uh, the right side uh, when they had to do it. I mean, in fact, I think if I remember, I think one of those big long runs either by Jacobs or um, by White was on the right side. And so, so they were able to do that. It's the passing, pass blocking that still concerns me and has to be a concern for the coaching staff. Yeah, so I will tell people before you have an a strong opinion either way of Alpha would just watch the game again because I will and I and I'll have I'm sure I'm gonna have more to say about Alpha Lewis performance tomorrow. But I, like I said, I, I will say this that again, that right tackle position is undecided and that tackle position position in general, the Raiders need to address it. They have over 21 million dollars. Just bring in a proven veteran who's played the position. Who's going to be able to you be able to plug them in just in case there's an injury or just in case Leather Water Parker aren't the guys you thought they were? You just want a guy you can plug in just in case. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that that's got to happen pretty quickly because you need to get a guy in to learn the system, practice with the quarterback, and just uh -huh. just get inside there. So um, my desire would be for them to do that quickly. Uh, like this week. So we'll see what happens after they look at the film. And again, if they feel it's dire, which I do, then um, maybe expect them to make a move there, Mo. But we're going to be back on Tuesday. So we'll talk about after you and I both get a chance to rewatch the the line play uh, up front for the Raiders and rewatch the game. We'll have more commentary on that as well as, as the other position battles. You know, what else did we see that we noticed when we watch it? Because I always find two or three, sometimes more, things when I rewatch it, uh, especially when you can slow it down and look at different plays and different sets. So we'll have to do that and, and see how it all works out. We'll find out any roster news to the, to Mo's point. Do they go out and sign uh, a veteran right tackle? What else has happened? They escaped knock on wood without any major injuries, which is huge. So I don't think we'll see any roster moves otherwise besides maybe additive stuff. So that'll be good, but we'll also do that. We'll also tell you the results of our fantasy football drafts. Many of the players are chatting with us here on YouTube and coming after Mo, uh, particularly Rossi, who's just all over you on Twitter. All losers. <laughs> losers are the loudest people in the room. They, they tell you that. Losers are always the loudest people in the room. Oh. When you're a winner, you don't need to address the noise. You just go out there and you win. That's oh all. My gosh. That's what you need to That's, do. You, you just point to the scoreboard, right? Yeah, you just point to the scoreboard or the trophies <laughs> or the medals or the money. Whatever I just love, you're I, I just love the guy talking the most trash to you is in Australia. He's all the way across the world <laughs> where the toilets go the wrong way. I know he's going to give me crap about that, but you know what I'm saying? But uh, Rossi's our buddy, but but nonetheless, it's it's fun. It's going to be fun. So we'll give you that. Kelly's also been on chat dropping um, insults at us. Not insults, but funnies. So that'll be good. But we'll also uh, review anything else. Uh, and we're also going to introduce... Uh, a new segment, actually a new version of the podcast. We're going to start taking your questions. So look for communications with us on Twitter, on the Facebook page, as well as in the podcast where we'll tell you where to go so you can leave your questions. And then once or twice a week, we're going to jump on and do a quick 10 minute just Q&A, just to answer, just like we've had some great questions here about the running backs for Mo and so on. 
We're going to get to those and answer those more often as well as do some special shows. So look forward to that. All right, Mo, one, one's one, in the back. One, 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 one rule about the questions. Rossi and Kelly aren't allowed to ask any fantasy football <laughs> questions. You will not get any fantasy football edges and tips from me on this show. Rossi, just Rossi and Kelly. Everyone else can ask the, those two guys. No, no, no comment on their fancy. Football they're they're not getting in. You're saying they're not getting any airtime is what you're saying. They're getting nothing from me. <laughs> Zero. Zilch. Persona non grata. <laughs> right. That's how it works. Uh, all right, man. Well, we're going to hit the sack here pretty soon. Actually, we're going to get some work done and then hit the sack. Uh, but Mo and I will be back Tuesday. Again, shows are on Tuesday, Thursday and post game. So look forward to those in addition to the Q&A shows that we'll also introduce soon. But we certainly appreciate that. And Rossi says on the on the way out, see you Sunday in the draft. Good luck at number 12, Mo. <laughs> Want to get that in right before we go. Just trying to get the psychology, I guess, is what's going yeah. on there. But anyway, um, we appreciate you guys being here. And uh, we got one down for this season, Mo. And now we got uh, 20 more to go because there's three more preseason and the 17 games, right? Absolutely. And quick shout out to Murph again for joining us. Again, he's yeah. going to be on post game shows throughout the season. So shout out to him for joining us and shout out to everyone for joining us live. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. Good start to it. You get a W. And as I said, I had the Raiders winning by a touchdown. So if you bet the Raiders to win by a touchdown or more, you, you want some money. Just put Yes. It I think Kelly lost his bet. So there's some solace and we can celebrate that. <laughs> Because he needed something. He needed the under, didn't he? Didn't he bet the under? Bet the under in a total, I think. Yeah, and it was 33, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not happy right now. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to jet out of here again. If you're listening to us on audio on Friday morning, good morning. It's Friday. It's a Friday after a Raiders victory. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. Until next time, Raider Nation, take care of one another. A special shout-out again to Murph for joining us. We'll see him next week. And take care, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bye-bye now.